Well, Coach, here you are, 13 games. The thing I always ask is when you have a devastating play that happens in the opening moments of the game, a 70-yard touchdown run, it's a blow to the opponent, and it immediately puts them in a situation of desperation and where they didn't want to be. They won the toss, deferred to the second half. They wanted to start with their defense on the field. I know what the other coach is thinking. What's the sideline thinking at that point when fireworks happen on the second play of the game? Our sideline was thinking this is exactly what we've got to do. You know, regardless of, of how it happened, we had to make the most out of our of our possessions. Going into that game, this is one hell of a stat. The teams that they played averaged four possessions in the first half for the 12 previous games. Four times that they, they got the ball. That's We knew going in that they're capable of holding on the ball. That, so if, if we're only going to get four, you know, we better score. You better do something with it. And we did early, and then the defense got going. And I don't think they necessarily panicked. I just think that we engulfed them you know, a little bit. I, we got some help later on. I think the next touchdown was on a really short field. You know, Our kids, they bought into that. They bought into forcing them to play in third down and five or more. And then offensively, we can't waste downs. Don't be wasting downs because, you know, you may not get it back for a while. And we found that out the second half. You know, when we pulled our ones and our twos, which I think some kids played really well, but you kind of saw how Westaco East, their mode of operation was. We only snapped the ball, I think, ten times the entire second half. What that does is tell you and put it on film. See, look at this. Here's a 15-play drive. Here's a 16-play drive. They keep you on the field for longer than five minutes at a time. It's bloodletting, essentially, and I think that that speaks a lot to the talent of Westlaco East, even though the game snowballed early. This is valuable stuff on film in the third and fourth quarter of just how good they actually are and how they've been able to win games, win a district championship, go undefeated. And I think that's flotter for this week too you got another undefeated team in district undefeated overall with Brandeis it is a rematch so there is some familiarity there and there's a little bit of uh, want to on the other side well there's no doubt that Brandeis is you know an outstanding team a very proud team there's no reason that they shouldn't expect to do well I mean they've they've won all their games this year uh, they're 13 and 0 and we're 12 and 1 uh, I'm sure that they're coming in confident I know that we are not overconfident you know we have a tremendous amount of respect for them when you talk about fundamentally sound teams, they know what they do well, and they do it really well, and that's run the quarterback behind a very physical offensive line, play rally to the ball defense, and really good in the kicking game. They should expect to do well. Uh, and I know that they're, you know, they call the revenge factor or whatever. I know if we were sitting in their shoes, uh, we sure would want we put a be better foot forward this year than we did last year and get the win. I think confidence is the word that I pull out of your response, mainly because I want to look at last year only as the difference to what confidence can breed for this year's matchup. You know, we all know what happened to Taylor Anderson in the third round of the playoffs last year. It was going to be kind of an opportunity for both junior quarterbacks at the time, Drew Willoughby and Kirkland Michaud, to kind of find out what they were made of. The difference in approach this year that you had with your three quarterback system, now it doesn't necessarily seem so crazy because everybody now remembers where Westlake was. I think confidence is the biggest difference with Kirkland. Confidence is the biggest difference with even Cade Klubnick and Drew Willoughby, and I think it brings a nuance to this game that wasn't there last year. This time last year, I mean, both Drew and, and Kirkland had been co-backups all year long. A little bit more Drew because Kirkland had had some uh, some lower back issues. They were the number two quarterback. They didn't get any number one reps. It was Taylor. And then when they went down, all of a sudden the number that's what the number two quarterback does. He steps in. You know, as we've gone through this year, the one of the reasons that I did what I did. First of all, it didn't get in the way of us winning. We were still very effective. And it ha if it had have, I would have ended that real quick. But it allowed us to build depth at the quarterback position. And when you talk about depth, you can't just say well depth is 
three guys that can really spin the ball in, in routes on air. No, that's not depth. I'm talking about allows us to get quality reps in quality time early in the year so there's there's confidence there you know when you're talking about those three guys and then i just i can't tell you how how proud that i am of our entire quarterback room they could all easily be you know bitter about this or bitter about that i'm not getting to play you know i i we, why don't we just keep going where we're going you know why don't man, there's been none of that they really care and they absolutely are ready I think the words that you've used over the course of time, whether it's describing your quarterback room or describing your offensive lineman or describing any one player, is drama-free. Explain what that means to you as a 34-year high school coach where it seems like drama can follow a teenager anywhere. Well, one of it is is that this football team, if they have a question, if they have a, not a problem, if they have something that they want to know about or they have they want to talk to the head coach, they come do it themselves. They don't send their parents. That's the biggest thing. They handle up on their business. If they've got something you know that they're not sure about, they go talk to the position coach. If it needs to come to me, it comes to me. Second thing is is that you try to sell something. You know, in line, you try to sell the fact that we want we want to have a team me mentality, to have an attitude day in and day out of what can I do for the Shaps, and rather than the Shaps good for me. If if no one buys into it, that's just words. These kids really buy into that, and it, it's making a bunch of really good high school football players borderline extraordinary because of the buy-in that they're getting on being unselfish. And I think that's a maturity factor too. You know, a lot of people ask me as a guy that's not on staff, that's not in your meetings, that knows a little bit more about the kids from the research that we do. But I look at it and said what's the difference between a Westlake football team and an, any other playoff team really maturity and an attitude from the neck up that suggests I'm going to be as mentally tough and prepared as I am physically that's another item that's up for auction every single year with every single football team with this team I think they've that was bought and sold all the way back in Chapmaker. yeah I mean this bunch um, I mean the leaders of this team you think about it you know Leo Lowen Connor Halverson Jackson Coker uh, Mason Mangum just those guys right there there's no drama in those guys ever you know they're just really good players really good athletes several of them had older brothers that played here they care a lot about it connor halverson has become one of the best leaders in the offensive line that we've ever had i mean if you sat around with them you wouldn't hear him to say two words you know to a bunch of people in public he says all the right words when it's to his teammates and to the offensive line I think communication is also big when you're trying to put together a game plan and install it, and you find that some of the players do a lot of communicating on their own. And I think that speaks to you know your description of drama-free. If they have a problem, they ask. You know, it's not something that they're filtering through. And I think that's big with communication when it comes to what they do when you're not around, when their position coaches are not around. And I think when you're playing a guy like Jordan Battles and you're playing a defense that has returning guys like Jordan Flowers and Joshua Green, guys that can really get after it on the defensive side of the ball the fact that your offensive players are leaving this facility and on an ipad or on a laptop somewhere continuing to work at this point in the season you're down to the last eight you know in the state you know you think that there's not some great football players there's great football teams and some great schemes we gotta find every edge that we can you don't want to wait until you're in the final eight all of a sudden now we got to do something different this is just who they are this is what we do week in and week out one of the things we talk about is we have been running this defense, this coverage, this stunt package, let's make sure we execute it better than they work their offense against it. 
offensively, we've been doing this group of plays, this set of, you know, run pass options. They haven't defended it. They've defended stuff like it. You know, go out and do what we do. You, we don't have to necessarily be anything different. And I told them earlier today, I said, we've got three weeks left, a possibility. We've only guaranteed one, and that's this Friday night. But we've got three weeks left to try to get as good as we possibly could be. We probably will never reach it. But I can promise you this, we got better from 7 o'clock till 10.15 last Friday night. The week before, mm, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. We had to be honest with ourselves. We may have been a, a wash. But last week we got better. We got to hold our feet to the fire on is get better. Get better means being prepared, and it means looking at Brandeis as a 13-0 team. And I know a lot of people like to pay attention to the offensive side of the ball, but let's be honest, they win games because of how well they play on defense. And I think they also win games by how well they play on special teams. And I think that's a big part of why they've been so successful, and I know it's not lost. What does Brandeis do defensively that really ties people up? They're a combination between an odd stack and a 4-2, meaning they're underneath coverage people uh, are really big into uh, run fits. Um, the one thing that, that we have to do is that we make sure that, that we block really well. <laughs> you know, that sounds so cliche. But, you know, I think sometimes no one ever says, what do you got to do to win? Well, we got to do this. You got to block. We're going to have to block people. That's going to be really important. But they tackle well. They, they're in position. They know where their help is. It's going to be a great matchup. Yeah, I think there's a lot of trust on the defensive side of the ball. When looking at some of their games and kind of understanding who they want to be versus who they are, I think the last two weeks looking at Westlaco East and looking at Brandeis, those two teams are about as advertised. They do exactly what you expect them to do. They just do it very, very well. And I think that speaks to how they play offensively, too, because they've had some some stumbles in the playoffs. You know, you have Jordan Battles that doesn't even start in the round one game in the bye district. He comes on late, sparks a victory, then they get on a run. Well, last week, they stumbled as well on offense. And it's taking that data that I know that Tony Salazar is, has chewed up and said, okay, what can we do in our second straight week to stop a dynamic quarterback that can run the football? But Jordan Battles is that one type of player that can end up beating a very good team by himself. They ask a lot from him, and he, he has delivered this year. And I know that he's probably a little bit banged up. You don't run the ball as many times as he can. And he's not a huge guy. What a fabulous runner of the football. You know, He reminds me a lot of Taylor. If Taylor was asked to be in an offense that asked him to run the ball 25 times a game. He's just a, I mean, there's something to be said for being elusive and something to be said for being a slot, you know, a, a slasher. And he is all of that. He can really make people mad and he can lower his head and, and, uh, and run with power at times. I think ultimately you look at how they set up his ability to run and then involve other guys. They're going to run, they're going to run, and then all of a sudden that play action comes in and they throw a haymaker. I think we've seen that before. I think the players have seen that before. How do they respond to that in practice? Eyes. Got to keep your eyes in the right spot. Your keys are going to tell you. You can't get enamored with getting your eyes in the backfield when, you're, when your key is the offensive tackle or your key is the guard. That's part of what we do defensively and everything we do There's is going to tell you run pass. You know, and that's going to be a big key because that ball is going to go in the belly. They're going to try some RPO stuff. It's going to be second-level RPO stuff. It's not necessarily going to be the stops and the quicks and the slants. It's going to be seam routes and second-level uh, RPOs, and uh, and that's where they've been good. And you know, as we were talking about before, they they average over 20 yards per completion. Bottom line is they run the ball for a lot. He runs it for a lot. They throw for about 130 a game, which is has been good for them. But they did mo most off of play action. You said something the other day in quarterback club, and I think we surprised you a little bit, but 201 victories for your career at the high school level, Coach, is definitely an accomplishment that I think requires acknowledgement. But you sit down, 
and you go through your entire coaching staff. And I think that is more of a testament to what 200-plus wins means for you is that you've had a whole lot of help. When the head ball coach sits down and says, here's why I'm successful, or here's how I got to 200, and you start listing off all of your coaching staff at, at Westlake. To me, that's a moment that I don't think will be lost on anybody that was in that room at that time. Describe what you mean, that roster of, of people that have helped you get to where you are. This group has been together, all of us, for six years, some of us for eight years. Kirk has been with me for two state championships at Carroll. Brandon played for us. Tony I got Tony when you know there when I was the last year at Marble Falls and just really really special we spend so much time together and um, you know I've I've watched if these if there's any kid on this staff that's you know under six years old I've been watched him be born and we got a whole bunch of them running around and you know I'm a I'm a pawpaw to to two beautiful grandsons up in the Dallas area but I always like like to think that I'm a surrogate grandfather to some of these young ones here and part of my um, real joy in this in this profession nowadays is not only building teams and and preparing quarterbacks maybe to go lead a team or go maybe get a chance to the next level. It's also a, a coaching staff. There's a ton of guys if they choose to on this staff that are going to go on and they're gonna, Texas high school football is going to be filled with head coaches from this football staff someday within the next 10 years. I know Westlake will never want to lose them, but they'll they'll go on and, and, and have some great things to happen for them. Well, Coach, I haven't gotten a chance to say it, but congratulations on win number 200. Thanks so much yeah. for the time. Thank you all for having me.